0: Welcome back. Zero to 60 Mastis, Matt McChesney. Matt, how are you doing today?
1: Good. Happy Thursday to everybody out there. Uh, you know, big day. Lots to talk about. Thursday night football. College football's got a great slate. Bunch of upgrades. I think it's, today's could be a little emotional as well. There's some pretty cool stuff we're going to be showing you at the end of the show. Uh, remember, the comments. If you guys want us to talk about something, or you got beef, or you got praise, or whatever comment and then go on youtube subscribe pound the like button make sure you follow brie at brie mesas 303 and follow your boy at six zero academy on all the different platforms for both of us uh and stay updated on what we're doing how we're doing it and uh how much this show kicks ass i mean let's be real
0: I mean, it really does kick ass. And Zero to 60 is sponsored by Bet Online. We'll talk about Thursday night football, some lines that we're watching, and how we think the game's going to play out. But first, the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action. Along with every sport, is available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head on over to Bet Online today, and remember to use our promo code. That's Believe B L. E-A-V, for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Go ahead and check them on out. Uh, Thursday night football. Listen, Matt, DJ Moore revenge game coming up. Both offenses have struggled this season, and the Panthers are tied with the Broncos for the most points allowed per game at 28. Neither team has really, truly figured out their quarterback conundrum. And Khalil Herbert is off of IR. So the backfield for the Bears is getting a little bit weird out there. Justin Fields could set to really benefit from this. But the total score is set at 38 and a half. Is that too low for you to entertain the under in this game? Because I don't know about Young. I don't know about Fields. I'm taking the Bears because the Panthers have absolutely zero momentum. And the Chicago Bears have won four of their last five against Carolina. So I like the trend here. How are you feeling about Thursday Night Football?
1: Well, first of all, I mean, the NFL, could you pick a worse game? I mean, holy shit, Roger Goodell in the league. Come on, man. Thursday Night Football has got to be intriguing at some point. And I don't even think the fans in Carolina and Chicago want to watch this. So the game is trash, number one. Number two, at least we get to see young quarterback play and see if they have any semblance of you know greatness in them, I don't know if Fields is going to play the backup kid, the D two kid. I like him, but again, I don't know if they're the answers. Young looks like Carolina screwed up and should have picked C J. Stroud because that son of a bitch can play. Um, that look this this game is also weird because of the draft pick situation. Remember that Chicago has Carolina's pick, so right now. Like it should yeah. be so the Chicago should be so motivated tonight to just shit stop Carolina for the simple fact that they have the number one pick. So they're going to get one and three or one and two. And then last year we saw Houston pick Stroud second and Will Anderson third. And both of those kids are absolutely dominating for Houston. So if I'm Chicago, man, I'm doing everything humanly possible to get this dub tonight um, and then try and build off the fact that you just put Carolina in a bigger hole uh you know the the panthers are in a tough spot i think they got some good pieces but at the same time it's, it's a quarterback league and they don't have one so the frat boy that they drafted one uh, is 5 foot 11 and can't run and really frail and i think he'll be out of the league as fast as he walked in it um if carolina had a top pick this year i could see Bryce Young uh getting Josh uh Josh Rosen which remember Josh Rosen the UCLA first rounder went to the Cardinals first round, played a ton. The next year they drafted Kyler Murray and cut out and cut Rosen because of the rookie wage scale and the fact that they don't have to bonus baby people like Sam Bradford anymore, Vernon Goldston, and thank God. Uh, but it does allow them to them by GMs to move on quickly, um, and I could see that happening in Carolina. And honestly, I can see it happening in Chicago too, even if they do win. Uh, they'll have two top five picks most likely, one of them may be one of these freak quarterbacks to come out, but then you have to question the next thing is what quarterback actually wants to play for the Bears. It is the purgatory of quarterback play in their illustrious history. Remember, Papa Bear George Hallis, like created the National Football League with Paul Brown. Uh, they've never thrown for 4,000 yards ever in their history, ever. They've never had a quarterback throw for 4,000 they play in a shithole stadium. It it's super windy. I, I don't know, man. I if I'm if I'm the a quarterback coming out this year and the Bears are going to take me, I'm probably going back to school lickety split.
0: Yikes. Uh, Rich Ink over in the chat says the Chicago Bears, uh, well, he's a Chicago Bears fan and has no interest in the game tonight. Um, it sounds like they're in, in worse sorts over there in Chicago. Um, who do you think going to win the game?
1: Uh, the refs. I think okay. the refs are going to win the fucking game. I, no bullshit. I wouldn't be surprised if there's 20 combined penalties uh, a ton of, like, roughing the passer and personal fouls and pass interference because both of the quarterbacks are late, so the, the DBs are getting there before the, the ball does because the quarterbacks don't know what they're looking at, can't coverage, and can't deliver the football proactively. So I think it's going to be, like, what's the over-under again, B?
0: 38
1: and a half. Um, take the under big time. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 12 to 9. Like, there might be a touchdown scored.
0: Uh, Jimmy Vaz over on <laughs> YouTube says spicy, Matt. I think you are a little spicy today. That's I'm, good. This Let's is roll. How I
1: always am. I, I try and like dumb it down so I don't offend people.
0: <laughs> Not offending me. Let's move on to uh, Broncos plans for an upgrade. I think this is exciting news for Broncos country, and we are Broncos country at heart. I'm gonna put the facility up on the screen because hey. listen. This week, the Broncos announced they were investing in a brand new state of the art training facility uh, for a team headquarters for the team. The new digs are going to be housed on the old campus. So in Dove Valley, don't worry about people who are anxious about change with the pending news about a new stadium coming out. You don't have to worry about this. It's going to be exactly where it has been this entire time. And it's also keeping the Pat field Fieldhouse attached. They're going to build around that. Honestly, the new digs, they look pretty good. The project is 100% privately funded. So shouts out to Walmart money. From the press release from the Broncos, they said the new facility will aim to enhance player and health performance while bringing football and business operations and staff all together. So it's going to house everybody all on one campus. And the headquarters will be designed in a contemporary Colorado style, whatever the hell that means. Team President Damani Leach said the plans were founded with a player first and football centric mindset. Matt, it's undeniable the ownership attempts to keep the organization really shiny and presentable. How do you feel about the upgrades? And how do you feel about the idea that they're really for player centric uh, improvements, whether it's the health, whether it's the safety? Um, I know there were some concerns of the field prior to how do you feel about the upgrades or the potential upgrades? Because it's not going to be done until 2026.
1: Uh, it's, it's needed big time. I mean, I was with the Jets when we played at Hofstra. Like, I remember walking into the facility with the Jets and being like, is this, are they serious with this shit? This is where the locker room's at. Like the ceiling falling out on you and shit. So I was there when we moved to Jersey. The facility in New Jersey for New York is incredible. It's one of the coolest places I've ever been from a football perspective. The facility in Boulder is incredible. They rebuilt that. It's one of the best I've ever seen. I think this will be, I think it'll dwarf everything. I think when it's done, the Penners and, and that Walmart money, I think that they will absolutely sell out. I mean, I understand that they're going to keep the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse. Is that so? They're going to keep the indoor, right?
0: Yep. The indoor was built in 2014. So they don't have any plans to get rid of that. They're just going to like attach to it.
1: Good. The indoor is beautiful. That, that honestly, that should probably be where the locker rooms are and everything. I know they have them in there. They have Hydra. They just don't really use it um the look they need to tear down the building that's in front that they use now it's super old it's outdated just tear it down and rebuild and then build a metroplex and make it you know attractive to free agents and invest everything you can into the you know the 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 mental side the physical side the rehab everything they'll have every bell and whistle you can imagine You know, I've I've been clamoring for this and the Broncos country has for a long time. I'm glad that they're doing it. And on top of this, on top of this, I truly believe that there's going to be a rebrand from a a uniform perspective too next year and moving forward. So I think there'll be a lot of changes with the Broncos moving forward, which is awesome. Uh, Everybody, just so you know, um the smiling assassin number 27 number one in your hearts but 27 on the hall of fame and ring of fame uh the great steve atwater joins us tomorrow for the 2 p.m show and steve's a great friend of mine and and i'm super excited about the show tomorrow afternoon uh so having steve on the show tomorrow will be fantastic we'll obviously talk to him about all this and then we'll start previewing them hard tomorrow with steve and obviously tomorrow morning uh, on the morning show with Bree and I. but then they play Monday night, so you're gonna get a double dip Friday and Monday of a lot of really good Broncos coverage. and we'll try and break down how they beat Buffalo, get to four and five, and they're in the thick of the playoff hunt. So having uh, having my literally my favorite player of all time on the show uh, tomorrow afternoon is gonna be pretty kick ass. So don't go anywhere cause he's gonna smile at you. But then after smiling is there's this, they call him the smiling assassin so remember the assassin part's really important because he'll smile at you but behind that smile is the hardest hitting safety in the history of the national football league and i cannot wait for tomorrow afternoon so continue i, Sorry. I
0: uh well i want to comment on the steve atwater love because my goodness that guy is incredible uh after being able to do radio with him and just sit in a room with him for an hour listen we're all blessed to have steve atwater around i'm so excited yes. he's going to be on the show I might crash the end of it just to say hello. Love you, Steve Atwater. Appreciate you so much. Also very photogenic. He makes me look uh makes me look bad. Tyler Tyler Riddle is in the chat. The Broncos are on the upside right now with a bunch of fire emojis when Denver is good, football is good. Listen, I like the optimism. I talk about the Broncos all week long and it's really exciting to see that fans are kind of leaning into that. Tune in to Let's Talk Broncos if you want to hear more Broncos talk when Matt's not talking about it. But uh it's It's interesting to see how your mindset shifts after one, a convincing win against Kansas city, which is probably the biggest win the Broncos have had in a very long time. Uh, Zach Seegers, who's one of my co-hosts said that it's one of the most optimistic times since Super Bowl 50, Matt, I'm going to end the Broncos talk on this, but how do you feel uh, about the current, just, just uh, vibes, if you will, are vibes up, are vibes down?
1: Oh, vibes are up for damn sure. But, I I would tell everybody to pump your brakes. Like I'm excited. I'm glad that they've won two in a row. I'm I'm happy that Sean Payton's figured out how to use his personnel to really maximize the offensive football team. I'm excited that the defensive play is so much better. I'm glad they got rid of Gregory and Clark and guys who were, let's be real, guys who were just straight anchors around the neck of this football team um dragging them down and that's all good but even if they go to orchard park and drop this game the season's far from over and i think that they figured out their their kind of process on how to win how to go out and maximize the team so you're going to get a hungry buffalo team they are their backs against the wall too they're not playing well um they're talking about firing people in buffalo so This, I guess, the motivation to Broncos country and the Denver Broncos, and we'll talk about this at length tomorrow and Monday as well, but really fast, uh, you should want Tuesday morning, the national story should be Sean McDermott fired by Buffalo. What do they do moving forward? Or Ken Dorsey fired by Buffalo. How do they fix the offensive coordinator position in Buffalo? Or Josh Allen had four picks and looked pedestrian last night. The Denver defense is real. That needs to be the headline. So, I think that the Broncos right now from I've always felt throughout the years, Bree, and even with Zach and let's talk Broncos. I know everybody's opportunistic, but also like everybody thinks at the beginning of the year, we're going to be good. We, we sit there, we watch the schedule. Like we can get a win here. We can get a win here. They're going to be nine and eight, 10 and seven, 11 and six. I think they're a playoff team, blah, blah, blah. And then the season starts and they go into the tank and by, You know, week eight, everyone's like, okay, fuck it. Let's talk about draft picks. Well, this is the first time since the 2016 season, because remember, they were 9-5 and or 9-6 and in 2016 and dropped two games at the end of the year. Should have been a playoff team uh, and then gone back to repeat and try and defend. I don't think if they would have gotten to the Super Bowl, obviously, but that defense was still really good and intact. Um, Other than that year... I don't I haven't been in a position as a as an alum or a fan or a pundit to sit here and say at midseason we actually have a chance to do some shit. And I really believe this. If even if they lose in Orchard Park, if they can figure out a way to just keep building on what they have, no one wants to play this team because Russ throwing the ball off play action is lethal. They can run the fuck the football for four to five yards a clip consistently when they do it. And The defense has figured out how to play in Vance's system, and Vance has figured out that he's got good guys that can rally and tackle and do their fucking jobs. So that tells me that they could be a seven seed at nine and eight or 10 and seven if they can figure this out. Win games they're supposed to, they're not going to win out. But I'm telling you, if they can figure out how to package the double, you know, the double stuff they put on Kansas City, even though they lost 19 to eight in the first game. They held them to no touchdowns in the second game. That's 25 points against the Chiefs in two games. I don't give a shit if they gave up 70 at the beginning of the year. They gave up 25 to Kansas City in two games. That is something to build on. That's the foundation for greatness. And I really think that Denver has something if they can just figure out how to package that. But if they're satisfied, anybody in that room who thinks they've accomplished something, any fan who thinks they've accomplished something, any show, any pundit, you're out of your fucking mind. They are three and five. They need to consistently do what they did Sunday. If they can play like that once, they can play like that every week. You're supposed to be a professional. Act like it.
0: I wasn't going to add something about tempering expectations is what we tell people all along to start the season after the Kansas City win. I don't have high expectations for the Broncos on Monday, but I do actually think they may win this game. It'll be a close one. I'm excited for Monday Night Football. We'll jump into that when we start rolling on 0-60 to 60 tomorrow. That'll be most of our morning show and like Matt already said, we'll double dip on uh, Monday to get you rolling. But I did want to leave the buffs out of the conversation of upgrades. It was not Announced that the bus would also be adding to their facilities not to be left out of the upgrades department. The University of Colorado announced they're updating their video game with a brand new board at Folsom. Bigger and better is the name in Boulder. New technology and infrastructure really hasn't been a big deal for Boulder, for the CU Athletics. But now the prime effect has seemingly righted all of this. Matt, new shit, good or bad. How, is it, how does it got you feeling? Because listen, better replay abilities really cool new graphics. Getting with the times is cool. I know you're a, a little old school sometimes, but this is kind of exciting. The big screen's going to stretch 10 sections uh, facing the field with two smaller ones on the opposite side for tailgaters. It's going to ramp up the feeling in Boulder. Uh, and then we'll get into some more Colorado Buffaloes talk in just a minute. So stay tuned.
1: And look, folks, everybody in the chat that's looking for this, the 2 p.m. show today is all Buffs. It was 30 minutes of me pretty much just ranting and unloading, and it was pretty fucking spicy. And then I'm going to be on DNVR Buffs uh, at 1.45 today uh, with Ryan and and Jake talking about, you know, last week and this week and everything moving forward there, too. So we will answer all your buff questions to the best of our ability, but, you know, just understand where we're going here. We really appreciate all of the back and forth. Um, This is needed. I mean, this is really needed. And... Like I, I, went to Utah at the beginning of the year and watched them play Florida. My son Nicholas uh, was invited out as a recruit, and we sat on the south side of the stadium. And they don't have a north scoreboard, and it was like it was hard because you're watching the game and it's awesome and Rice Eccles is is bumping, but thank God they needed a score or scoreboard and a video board. Well, the video board at CU is fine; it's okay. But when you have the kind of revenue they're bringing in, like, number one, I'm glad they're doing this, but I would rather give that $14 million to to Prime and then get somebody to donate this video board. Like, uh, the video board's sexy, but the reason all of this is happening and the reason they're, you know, the, the, the economics in Boulder are through the goddamn roof right now is because of that man. So I love the I love the video board. I think it's awesome. Um, but it's just it's just a bell, and there's more whistles coming. and that's all great. I, I love the sexiness part of you know the black and gold and the facility's sexy and the you know the add-ons are sexy and the old Balch field house or whatever you call that hell hole of a building, that's gonna be gone, and they're gonna put some sexy shit over there, and the video board's sexy and shit. and that's all well and great. But God damn it, we need some substance behind this sexiness too. So we can get all the bells and whistles and shiny shit we want. But to be completely honest with you, I want road graders and eaters that will play in a parking lot in a fucking diaper in a snowstorm and have it. So when we can find the mindset to match the money, I think we're going to be really, really, really good in Boulder because for the first time ever, ever, the the institution is behind the football program. They're actually going to invest money in the football program. It's no longer just this, they're football players and we don't want them here because we're the Harvard of the West or some bullshit that pumped pumped out for 20 fucking years. So I like the fact that they're putting their money where their mouth is. I don't understand why it took so long for them to do this shit, but I really hope that we're not just all getting excited over a fucking TV.
0: I I mean, I'm excited. I like the idea of having fancy new upgrades and I'm distracted by shiny things. But you said something really interesting about the idea of giving that bit of money over to Coach Prime. Talk about – well, actually – a lifetime contract makes the most sense here, right? Like in, in terms of like lock it down, put a ring on it, get Coach Prime permanently in the state of Colorado, uh, specifically in Boulder. The idea is you want to keep them around long-term. All these bells and whistles are nice, like you said, but all of it's facilitated by Prime's effect on this program, on CU in general, and that's across all of the campuses. So retaining Coach Prime for long-term has long been the, the feeling for buffs nation we have a lot of them joining right now thanks for tuning in we're talking buffs now for the for the next however long but matt just mentioned earlier the 2 p.m show is all matt talking colorado buffalo so don't get discouraged just make sure you turn tune in at 2 p.m set your notifications a lot of people jumping in here with questions i'll get to you guys in just a moment but a lifetime contract is that out of sorts for coach prime do you just funnel as much money as possible towards him although at the end of the day i don't think that's his main motivating factor Um, so I don't know if that's really, what are you getting from that? You know what I mean?
1: Uh, look, I think that they definitely should give give him a raise. What he's done is outstanding, but you're right. His main motivation is not money. That's why he's so good. Like money's nice. Anybody who says money can't buy happiness is a broke fuck or, or, or they grew up with money their whole life and never had to earn it. You know, I, I grew up in a 70-foot double-wide trailer with no heat or air conditioning. Don't tell me money doesn't buy happiness. So I, I respect the fact that it's not all money motivated for him, and he's not the one that's out there pushing this, so I'll do it. They need to they need to double his salary. They need to make him one of the highest-paid head coaches in the Big 12 moving forward, and then next year when he does an even better job, double it then again. I mean, just the eyes and the, the – you know, the – all of the residual effects of him being the head coach in Boulder, I mean, I think their revenue's up like 850% or some crazy shit. So, look, Rick George is a smart man. He was smart enough to hire coach, and he's going to be smart enough to extend coach. And then everybody's coming back next year. So, Sador's coming back, and Hunter's coming back, and they've got dudes coming back, and they got a line out the door of guys that want to transfer in. The conversations I've had with Coach Brewster – is pretty much my connection up there. You know, obviously OBs working with the offensive line every day coach Brew is not only immersed with the tight ends but he, you know, he got moved down to an analyst role and he's handled it like a professional that he is. He's one of these guys that you doesn't I don't have to walk on eggshells around Brewster. Like I have to watch what I say around certain coaches because they get so offended and scared about what Matt said. Hmm. And I don't understand that shit at all. When the blood's in the water, I don't jump out of the boat. I fucking swim towards it. So I I think that that mentality they have in in Boulder, they've got to eradicate the coaches that are just there to get paid and be part of the, the, the show. They need to find people that can actually develop the talent and challenge scheme. That's what I want to see, scheme challenge. Show me. That you can, that you have the ability as a grown fucking man coach to walk up to the other coach and say, This shit ain't working. How do we fix it? Not your way doesn't work. Eh, and like have this goddamn fucking 90210 reality show fight on the sideline. All that emotional bullshit, there ain't no fucking place for it here. We're trying to win. So I think personally, you know, full circle here, Coach Prime is totally focused on that. And, you know, like after the UCLA game, the fact that he reached out to me over DM and said, you're right. You know, thank you for your honesty. We're trying to fix this. I'm tired of it. That is a a competitor angry at what just happened, looking for a way to fix it. He made decisions that, you know, I I read an article this morning saying some anonymous agent. And let me just say this. If you do things anonymously, if you hide behind, A a, a Twitter page or Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or whatever that's not your name and you talk. If you can't put your name and your likeness behind your actions and your words. If you're an anonymous coach, an anonymous player, an anonymous agent, an anonymous media member you're a fucking coward and you shouldn't talk. You have no right to speak and you shouldn't be speaking. If you want to be anonymous, go sit in the stands and be anonymous, bro. But don't sit here and say oh, we think this is a joke and it's laughable that Coach Lewis got demoted. How could you do that to him anonymously? Put your fucking name behind it. How do I know it's not Coach Lewis's agent saying that? If I'm Coach Prime the first time I see anonymous, I can't wait to find out who it is so I can cut, cut, cut rocks. Kick them, motherfucker. So, I, I look, I think that there's some issues in Boulder that will be fixed by the leader it, that is the head coach and coach prime. They need to double his salary. They need to give him every resource on earth to go get players. There's no tampering laws, there's no cheating. The NCAA has no teeth. Go do. I am not looking for permission. I am looking for motherfucking forgiveness, period. So I don't need your I don't need you to say, oh, you can go do this. No, I'll just say I'm sorry if I do it wrong and be like, You're gonna forgive me. And they're like, Oh, I don't know. And I'm like, don't give a shit. I'm gonna go do it again. So I really hope that they take that mindset into the offseason. And with three more games to play, we'll see
0: the Wadi way, just subscribe to the channel. Shouts out to you. And if you're watching along and you haven't done so already, please do so. Cause this is Matt, this is his truth. And he's speaking it every single day here on zero to 60. Sometimes I join in on the fun. I'm not going to use my burner any further because it sounds like you have an issue with me, not putting my face on all my takes. So I'm going to delete my burner account on Twitter so that I don't yeah, upset yeah. you any further. Like, yeah, how I do you don't... know? I'm not the one sending you uh direct messages of God knows what.
1: I'm pretty sure it's not you. Okay. Shit. I mean, you—you definitely know how to poke the bear, so you could—it probably work. Look, we'll put it like, look. I understand that there's a time and place for the anonymous guy. I don't know where it is necessarily, but I understand it because it's the world we live in. No, everybody wants to talk, but nobody actually wants to stand behind what they say. You know, people, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok has become a haven for mouth waggers. And if you run your lips, you know, what's behind your lips teeth. And you know what falls out of your face when the mallet hits it teeth. So like I'm from an era where if you say something to me, usually when I was growing up and the, the, the time frame I'm from, you have to back your words up on the field. You have to back your words up in a bar. You have to back your words up on the street. You don't just get to run your mouth and act like what you say is relevant, especially on social media. Like, Twitter muscles are the funniest thing in the world to me. Like it, People who actually get aggravated and, like, go after people or come after me or whoever on Twitter, it's the most laughable thing in the world. Let me reiterate and allow me to retort. My address at the gym is 10470 South Progress Way, Suite 101. The phone number is 720-800-6205. The website is 60academy.com. You can find me anywhere. I ain't hard to find. If you got a problem, walk in, let's talk. But don't sit here and be anonymous on Twitter and act like you're tough and shit behind your fucking, you know, your 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 meme that's not you with your name that's not you while you're pounding away on your keyboard in fucking mommy's basement with Cheeto-covered fingers pounding Mountain Dew code red and wondering why you're jerking off Chicago backhand style and we're rolling.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. I have nothing to add to this show because it's just too much fire from Matt. And you're going to want to make sure you stick to stay tuned. Stick tuned. I don't know. Today at 1.45, he's on DNVR buffs. He'll be over there. And then immediately following that, right back here at 2 p.m. on uh the Believe Network for zero to 60. Everyone's loving everything that you're giving them. So I don't want to move on just yet. How much of the dungeon family do we have up in Boulder on Saturday?
1: Uh so right now. Off the top of my head, I know Jordan Acho is going back up, the outstanding defensive end from Castleview, was committed to Wyoming, has like Washington State, and he's going to be up at Boise next week. Uh, Coach Avalos up there fell in love with his tape, so that that's good. CSU doesn't really recruit him, and I wouldn't send him there anyway. We don't speak baba at 6-0. Um, Lincoln Fahapoli Jr., the big offensive lineman from Fountain Fort Carson, who is a tank person. Uh, He's a 16, he's a 17 year old senior who's 6'6", 320, his, his ponytails hangs to his ass. And he, he's a, he's a future NFL football player, period. And I, again, this is the developmental part. I understand they're high school kids, but early enrolling guys like this and bringing them into Boulder and developing the shit out of them gives you guys like, I saw in the chat we want you to get Veely Mau, Mau over at Mullen, who I love, one of the best players I ever watched when I was a kid. You know, I remember Veely taking a, an interception back in a bowl game at all 320 pounds of him, 77, just running his ass down the field when I was a kid. And then they're like, how about Chris Nioli? And Chris is a great friend of mine, one of the best offensive linemen, if not the best offensive lineman to ever play at the University of Colorado, was a great pro. Like, well, get him up there and, and teach these boys how to do this and that. Well, Lincoln Fahapoli Jr., is Chris Nioli and B. Lee Mau Mau if they'll just recruit him and develop him. But I can't force them to offer people. I can only present them. And like I said earlier this week, whether it's at Michigan, Michigan State, Colorado, Nebraska, I know some of you don't like that. Don't give a fuck. It's a business. Um, If they see the talent, that's where the kid's going. My job is not to send people to Boulder. Boulder's job is to evaluate people correctly, recruit them right, lock, lock the fucking gates on the state, not let people go out of state constantly. Kansas State's coming back in the conference. They recruit the shit out of the room. The shit. They got another guy going this year, Jake Stonebreaker. Stonebreaker should be playing fucking linebacker in Boulder. Period. Gage Genther should be playing tackle in Boulder. You know, Ochoa should be playing defensive end in Boulder. Lincoln should be playing guard in Boulder. Like, that, this is the way it should work. If you look around the country at the guys who are starting all over the place, I put up a Club 60 post today on, on social media. All those kids are from here. The fact that they're not in Boulder is an indictment on CU, not them. And I'm not attacking Coach Prime or anything, and anybody that wants to get offended by this, good. At this point, I could give a shit if you don't like it anymore. At this point, it it needs to be said in order for it to be overcome and fixed or highlighted to the point where people actually know what's happening. So those two are up there for sure. My son Nicholas, like I said, is going back up as an eighth-grade recruit. Uh, The the conversation I had with Brewster about him the other day I won't get into, but it was unbelievably exciting. Uh, Travis Reese, a big offensive lineman from Northfield, is going up. Uh, Deacon Schmidt, a huge offensive lineman from Windsor, who's a 5AMer. Wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning twice a week to come down at 5 a.m. and lift and do film. But we got guys that go to, you know, a school five minutes down the road who, it's too early. Well, that's why he's invested in your dreaming. Uh, so that kid is is a, is a stud. I don't know if Trip Hughes is going to go, but he's a big defensive offensive lineman, only a sophomore over at Kent Denver. Kid's got a brain on him. Dad's a lawyer. Really big, six, seven, 250-pound frame and can really get it. And then, you know, there's more of the Caden Asper kid from Douglas County who plays with Stonebreaker is like a safety linebacker type. He's going, he's a mean son bitch. So bitch. So all the high school kids going on top of that, the transfer portal and the fact that there's no tampering rules, uh, you know, I'm talking with them constantly. And like Michigan just texted me, Coach Elston, the D-line coach, you know, looking for players in the transfer portal and boys, he's looking for players in the transfer portal and, everybody is I mean SMU and Oregon State just the conversations are never ending so it, it's it makes it my first priority all the time is to put everybody I work with in front of the people in Boulder but if the recruiting people won't won't pick up the phone and I can't get people to do their jobs and I have to go through the assistant coaches constantly that's an issue so again if I say it out loud and somebody gets offended you probably shouldn't have the job. What the fuck are we talking about?
0: Um I was going to ask uh, what the rest of the nation looks like as far as the dungeon family goes, but we've run out of uh, a lot of time. So we're going to end on that portion of it too. Cause I do, I want to talk about college football. I want to go into a lot of the other things. We're going to save a lot of what we had planned uh, for Friday morning show, but uh, I do. Yeah. I, I mean, this is why I do what I do. I'm really fucking good at my job, but Ooh. let's, <laughs> let's end on uh, what, the outlook is for the dungeon family nationwide. Cause I know there's a lot of movement going on. I just want you to end on that great topic of conversation because you went more buffs coverage at 2 PM. So people are hungry for it and they're going to get it later on. So we'll just wrap up here.
1: Yeah. So we'll, we'll save the the college football breakdown to, for tomorrow. We got a special video. We'll show you too that pulled at my heartstrings. Yes, I have a heart. I even have a mother. I know it's crazy. Um,
0: we're you weren't about- you weren't born from the flesh of hell and brimstone. Also, what kind of a name is Stonebreaker? That's so fucking badass. It's like fucking I I'm over here distracted. I'm just I'm distracted because that's amazing. I'm going to yeah. change my and name that, to Stonebreaker.
1: Man, that kid can fucking play. And you know what? Like he's got something to play for. You know, Jake Stonebreaker's older brother 10 months ago died in a car crash. Like it, it. I'm not saying like that's his motivation, but God damn it, that's his motivation. Like I, I know what that feels like. I lost my my baby brother three days before training camp my third year. I know what it's like to go into something with your heart fucking out of your chest. And the only thing you can do is tape up and use that fucking fire and fury on someone else. And I just I wish that everybody in Boulder and the Dungeon family around the country and the guys in the NFL and how deep we are. One thing I say to them all the time is, why are you doing this? Not are you doing this? Anybody can line up, put pads on and play football. But why the fuck are you doing it? Who are you playing for? Why do you get out of bed every day? What is your motivation? Who's watching you that's not here? So the, the Dungeon Family special, we're deep. There's every game you watch this weekend that's relevant. We'll have somebody starting from this place on the field, period. Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, West Virginia. The, the, it just doesn't stop. So I'm really proud of them all. And look, we're going to end the show today with a clip from Jelly Roll last night on the VMAs or the Country Music Awards, whatever the fuck. I didn't watch it. I don't give a shit about that, really. I, I don't even really like Jelly Roll. But – The I saw the I saw his speech after he won the award. He won best new best new act or best new singer, and he's forty. So as a guy who started a new business at forty-one, and doesn't feel as old as my fucking number next to my says the forty-two next to me, I don't feel that old. Just listen to this man and the passion behind his words. And then look at yourself in the mirror and tell me why the fuck you can't do whatever you want, why you can't chase, why you can't accomplish, why you can't get out of bed, why you can't lose weight, why you can't put on weight, why you can't be successful, why you can't start a business, why you can't do a podcast, why you can't do whatever the fuck you want. So either watch or do, but watch this shit and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Deuces.
2: I love y'all so much. Thank you, CMT, baby. Look at that, three awards in one night. I hope y'all give me a second here. I'm a little emotional. I started drinking. I didn't think I was gonna win again. It may have looked like it was only 30 yards, but it took me 39 years to walk from over there to right here. And I want you to know that I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know what you've been through, but I know you can overcome it, I promise you, you can. And you can be whatever you want to be, I promise you that. I told him I wanted to be a country music singer, and I'm standing here at the CMT Awards with the male video of the year, baby! When God got something for you, nothing can get in the way. Mama, I know you're watching. Mama, look at your baby boy. I'm finna get drunk downtown, baby. <laughs> I want to thank Country Radio for accepting me, knowing who I was, and letting me do it my way the whole way to this stage tonight. That means the world to me, y'all. And I want to thank the country music community for standing behind me and standing next to me through all this. And for everybody in this crowd, listen close. This will be the most important thing I say tonight. We're shutting 6th
0: Street down tonight, baby. Meet me there. (laughs)